Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Jason and John are in the same room again, so you can stop complaining about audio quality. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully this sounds a lot better for all of you. It was Connor. Connor said that it sounded like fault. real player in the 1990s. And I said to Bridget, no, it didn't. Real player in the 1990s sounded much better than last week's podcast. See, you guys are nicer than me because my response would have been, okay, boomer. <laughs> now, see, Bridget and Jolene thought it sounded fine. I, I actually, I didn't think it sounded I bad. I didn't think it sounded too bad either. I mean, it sounded yeah. like what we were doing. We were Two guys who in. were on telephones talking and recording the podcast that way. Yeah, it's, we did the best we can. Yep. We're just trying different things. Yeah, I, you know, schedules and weather for some reason. Yeah typically don't allow us to do this the way that we want to do it. So this was just an opportunity for us to kind of see when yeah, we just, when it hits the fan, how yeah, do we get this done? We wanted to try it out because my, my, honestly, my plan had been to just come out. It was icy that night. It was yep. just to come out Monday afternoon right. uh, after work and get it recorded then. And we yeah. could have done that, but we just, yeah. we want this, we, this, we like to try this is called troubleshooting. This is yep. how we learn how to do new things. So part of, part of Mav Puck has always been, over the years, uh, uh, a learning experience, a chance to learn stuff outside of the work environment where there's a lot less pressure. So that's so, what we do. So our Mavericks had some visitors, visitors this weekend, friends from Denver. Our old nemesis, the Denver Pioneers. Good Lord, we were so close. We were so close. Twice. Nights. I know, right? It's... It's frustrating beyond, right? Like it is, and and you and I are not people who get too high or low on the team, whether they win or lose, one way or another. But there's there's so much history, and I wanna I wanna make one kind of little fact check thing. I wanna correct in the last podcast, our our phone it in podcast. I had said the last time UNO beats Denver was. Uh, November 2nd, 2013. That was a November 1st and 2nd, mm-hmm. 2013 was our road series out there. And I remember that because Bridget and I uh, went on that trip. It actually was, let me look this up. So I got this right here. I want to correct it again. January 9th and 10th, that series uh, at the CenturyLink Center, January 9th and 10th, 2015. Right. Thank you, Jason. Yep. January 10th, we won one to nothing over Denver, and that was the last time we beat them. So uh, looking back on the schedule, assuming I have this right, if not, somebody will correct me, but that series in fall of 2013, that was the last time we won at Denver. So we it's a little bit sooner, but we haven't beat Denver during the Baxter Arena that's era. That's five years of... Five and, years. I mean, it's not like it's a non-conference. This is a team that you see at least twice every year, sometimes four times in a year, and occasionally six times in a year when yeah, we had it in the all, playoffs. It all so. depends. Yeah, I um, I know it's tough when we played them in the couple years that we were in the WCHA, and and now they're an NCHC foe, and it would be nice to break. It kind of reminds me of when UNO played UAF in the CCHA days. We had trouble beating them yeah. in Fairbanks. I don't know why, because it's not like UAF was a particularly strong team. It wasn't but, a powerhouse program. But, but for yeah. whatever reason, we just struggle with them. Now, Denver is markedly better 
Right. But I feel like we should have broken through last season. The last game we played against them, we got a tie. And that was a series. Right. That was a series. So three times, three ties in a row. Yeah. No, that was actually, was that here in Omaha that we tied them? Yeah. Was it here? March 2nd. Yep. Okay. Uh, I have to say, you know, as sad as it is that we couldn't get one of those wins, even in overtime or a shootout, I have to say going into the last two weekends to come away one, one and two, I think is a commendable job. Here's what I would say. If you look back a month ago. Yeah. And you're looking the first two NCHC series we're playing to start the year at North Dakota and then here in Omaha against Denver. Right. If you had told me of a possible 12 points that they were going to come away with five points, a win at North Dakota yeah. and two ties against Denver, I would have said that's pretty good. That's That's almost half the points out of those series if you told me that. I would have been pretty impressed considering how, uh, how, you know, our season went last season and, and, uh, how well North Dakota played the first half of the season. I would have been thinking that's a pretty good way to start. And they started off really well. Yeah. You always want more though. And you want more. And I, they I, were really good games. I have to say the, those are two of the more entertaining games to watch. Yeah, I'd say even I'd rather watch those games than the North Dakota game. Yeah, I think so, too. And you and I've talked about UNO has has not had a lot of games that have been those kind of low scoring, like one right. for most of the game type of games. And so we weren't quite sure how how ga- a game like that was going to go for UNO here in the second half. We weren't sure if that was going to be a situation where they could. They could hold a one-game lead or keep the other team to just a a, a one-goal lead. Um, And they both nights they did. I mean, Friday night, I wasn't quite sure how that Friday night game was going to go, but UNO played really well in the third period. Yeah. And they had a pretty good second period, too. Yeah. And that's been our our nemesis has been, we, we, I don't know what it is, but our, some of our worst periods of hockey have been our second periods. Yeah. Uh, that middle frame just seems to throw us off for some reason. And I know lots of theories as to why, but uh, the, the takeaway is just that, you know, they played, they played well, they played a good game. They had their opportunities. Uh, I think they learned throughout the game. You could tell that they were kind of learning. We can't do this. And they were adapting. Yeah, which I think is good for a young team, uh, and it's good to see Denver. I mean, it's it's Denver. Like, it's good to see him and say, "Hey, look, that's you want to be tops in the country. This is what you got to look like." I mean, you look at that third period on Friday night. We were down one to nothing going in, and like mm-hmm. I said, we'd held them to that one goal lead for a long time, and you were wondering how long can we do that. And then we get a shorthanded goal from Noah Prokop. Mm-hmm. That was huge. And then, I don't know if you know, but the team just started playing differently after that. They played really well the rest of the way. And it, that kind of sort of lit a fire on them because they're starting to think, 
We've tied this thing up. Maybe we can get the W. It yeah, didn't we, quite happen. We got it. Play was really taken to us a lot first period and on Friday. And I think if I remember right, scoreboard showed like three shots on goal for us. Like we just, yeah. we didn't. And it, our, our offensive play was very much rush mentality. You know, right. it was in the zone. We got a shot, and then it was there was no sustained pressure. Um, there was no real good scoring opportunities. Like those types of shots, typically you don't you know expect a whole lot out of the goalie sees you coming, has plenty of time to get set. Um, those are saves that at this level most of them will make. So, yeah, that was a that was a that was a tough first yeah. period for UNO for sure, and. I thought the whole weekend, and this is something that kind of goes back to last weekend at North Dakota too. We've had trouble in in these two series getting sustained offensive pressure on our opponent in all four of those games. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know if that's a trend or it was just because we were playing two particularly difficult teams. But in both instances, when UNO had success, it was kind of these opportunistic moments, a little bit of puck luck. Mm-hmm. that, you know, kind of helped them get the equalizer, get the job done. Certainly Friday night at North Dakota, it helped them build a lead on North Dakota, but we have not had a lot of sustained pressure in the offensive zone. We haven't been able to really establish anything. And I just, I was wondering, you know, your thoughts on that, because I think you and I both have noticed that. And I'm sure, you know, a number of fans out there have noticed that too. It's it's a little bit disconcerting when we're outshot so severely in a game. Yeah, I think we've had so many problems with defense, particularly our decision-making on our outlets and just generally our ability to pick up players in our defensive zone. Yeah. That part of it, I'm sure, is just you focus, you can only focus your attention on, on a limited number of things. Right. And so to focus on the defensive side of things and, and that decision-making process and, and that uh, it's, it's going to have an effect on your offensive production. Right. You know, if we can get to the point where that stuff becomes second nature and they're not focused as much on what needs to happen in the defensive zone and they, they can get to the point where you're just reacting to things yeah. and you're reacting in the right ways, you know, you can then start working on, your offensive because the transition game for the most part, once we, once we get out of our zone, we typically have pretty good entries. I mean, I, I would say no one's perfect. We have a decent, we have a decent transition game yeah. at that point. And that's when we score most of our goals are in those kind of rushes of to the net. Games. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that over time that needs to change. You need to be able to, you look at what Denver did to us. You know, they, they had really good chances just cycling the puck. Yeah. Uh, you know, playing that, that traditional game of it's hard to score on us if we're always in the offensive zone. Right. Um, defense through offense. That was exactly the, you know, the best, the the best defense is a good offense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you the shots were even actually, I think we, we outshot them 30 to 28 on Friday night, but it was the Saturday night game. The one that I actually thought we had the best chance of winning because we were up two to one in that game that we were outshot 47 to 13 in regulation and in the overtime period. Yeah. 
that was we were outshot almost four to one. But it's not. There's plenty of examples of teams that get outshot that win consistently. It, right. It's it's the it's the type and quality of 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 chances. It is. For example, you know, anyone who's listened to this podcast more than today, that's not a you know news listener, knows that you know being a, a Colorado kid, I am an Avs fan and have been for. Yes, he talks about ever. the Avalanche and DU incessantly right. on this podcast. So. <laughs> Colorado played St. Louis and St. Louis outshot Colorado a dozen shots, 12, 14 shots, something like that. And it's a clack. Like Colorado wins the game. Right. And right. Just because you shoot more doesn't necessarily. It mean doesn't. And, and I will tell you that UNO, the season that they went to the frozen four, if I recall correctly, that was the season where they were generally outshot by their opponents, right. but they won a lot of games. Because they were opportunistic, they took advantage of the shots they had, and they had some good looks at the opposing goal. And there's this, for the stat geeks that are out there that you know really di- want to dive into the statistics that go into performance on the ice, uh, there's this theory out there of this mathematical formula that comes to something called a Corsi, C-O-R-S-I. And... Corsi force, Corsi against, and it and it really it analyzes more than just shot, but like shot qualities and the zone time and puck possession time, and seeing those as as bigger determinants than just scoring chances. Right, what we used to have back in the nineties and stuff. Right, like oh, this team had a lot of scoring chances, maybe not a lot of shots, but they had a lot of opportunities where the puck was in what we right. consider a, a prime scoring zone and it is more to that like we we were on our heels a lot you we were watching denver play a lot especially the first period friday night i thought yeah we we just we were almost a lot of the guys were almost spectators sometimes yeah just watching do you and i will tell you i will tell you yeah uno normally is looks fast compared to their opponents and i gotta tell you we looked a bit slow compared to denver this weekend which isn't a knock on our guys. It's just no. Denver's a high power team. Yeah, and they're and not. And they were passing the puck. The right. first period, like, I, that was a clinic. Uh, their ability to pass the puck, tape to tape, no one's missing them, no, nothing in the feet. We have that a lot. Like, good, good passes that, good decisions for passes that end up in players' feet. And it's like, you got to put that tape to tape. I know. If you want to, if you if you really want to have a chance in games like this, you really need to put those things tape to tape. And if we could just do half yeah. of those, we because probably you look won those games. I, and you look at that series, despite how good Denver is, right? They did not look like some of the Denver teams of the last few years that looked like you know right. immortal teams. They were a beatable team. We could have beat them. We could have beat them either or both nights. I completely agree. And we had our chances. We did. Friday night in the three-on-three, three, you know, we had 
I, think I know. Weiss had two. He, he did had a really good one where he moved. You could in you could tell he wide. wanted to score a goal. I know absolutely. Well, you know he does when he's he had a he had a clear lead pass out of the zone and yep. he chose just to skate it up. He's I'm like, like, I'm taking it coast to coast. You? I'm like, take it coast to coast and put that thing in the net. It didn't quite happen. And then the shootout, the shootout period. Normally those end quickly. Yeah. In C in NCHC play. And that thing just kept going and yeah, going. North Dakota went to one, and I think they were done in two rounds. That was, I'll tell you what, that was really interesting. Some of the player selections that went on. See, I would have, you know, I would have picked and a who's who of the forwards. This? No, I don't really want to. Was, it was just Stewart came in all of a sudden, and I'm like, when they do this thing in practice, he must he must be great in that uh, the shootout scenario. Because I was, I was like, put in Weiss at that point. Yeah. Put in Primo. And but a lot of other forwards, but you know, there's so much psychology. There's a lot of, yeah, it. it's, it's, uh-huh. Absolutely. Right. Cause I know guys that have said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to put in two guys that are stick handlers that are going to, you know, make a move, make a move, make a move, make a move. And then you throw in a third guy. That's just a straight away. I'm yeah. Just come down and beat you with a shot. Yeah. And you do as a, as a goaltender, like when you start to see the same thing kind of over and over again. And yeah. I, I know players that do that, that, you know, they'll get together on a, you know, it used to be a five man shootout. I knew five guys would be like, all right, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Okay. I want to go after you. Cause what I'm going to do is the same as you. And maybe that'll make him lean that way. Thinking the third guy coming in is going to do that. Uh, to the point of like, I know guys are saying, Oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to start to the left. I'm going to start to the left too. Okay. Well, you know, do we want the two guys going to the left right away or do we want the two Yeah, guys exactly. Right and it's, it either works or it doesn't. Like, this is, I know it's just, you want it to work, I know. but it, it really is in a lot of times in the goalie tender's favor. In, in Absolutely. Shootouts, so. Absolutely. And I, I was kind of glad to see one go back and forth and back and forth. That was a, that was a fun thing. Cause normally those, like I said, tend to end pretty quickly yeah. in NCHC play. So that was exciting. If they could have gotten that shootout win and gotten the extra point, that would have been fantastic. Yeah. And and again, I I was impressed with how they came out Saturday night because when you have kind of a tough kind of double overtime, losing the extra conference point tie, Yeah. you know, you don't know how they're going to respond. And they responded really, really well. And and, and you got to I mean, I was worried about impressed. that. Like last week I had said that, I didn't think we would win both, but if we were going to if we were going to win, I thought our best chance to win was Friday. Try to catch Denver just not sleeping on the on the job, right? Like not ready for this. Yep. And and you know, we steal it in some way. And so when I think you had mentioned that in the last week's in podcast. In last week's podcast. And so when when we got the shorthanded goal and tied it up and we're going into the overtime, I'm thinking, this is it. Like we caught them. We did we what get we needed to, we and we're going to find a way to get this done. done. Yep. And so when we didn't, I'm like, oh, no. I think They're going to come out Saturday and just be like, we're tired. But I think, that, I, think that served, I think that served as motivation. Like I said, this Denver team is not as impressive as some of the recent ones with the names like Jared Lugo-Savages and mm -hmm. Dylan Gambrell and, and Tanner Gillette and some of those guys. Uh, but yeah. they have a, they're, they're a very talented, well-coached team. But I'll tell you what, Taylor Goal gets... The first goal of that Saturday night game, but then the big one it was, was huge was, to go up one nothing there. It was huge to go up one zero, and then Tristan Keck, not I long know, after, of all guys. yeah, he the the Denver player 
turns it over in the defensive zone. And Tristan Keck just takes advantage, takes the shot, and puts the thing in. And it was phenomenal. I Absolutely phenomenal at yeah, that point. I didn't even have, a, I didn't even have a t- time to say, oh, no, it's Keck. And we've you said this before. Yeah, I, man. I, I I feel bad because he does so much. Like I know Jason so is so many const- opportunities. Jason and... is constantly apologizing for this. I'm like, I'm but sorry, man, he puts but... the thing up, and we're up two to nothing at that point. No, it was. And I was feeling fantastic about it. I was. I felt like it was so awesome because I really felt like Keck was having a good good game. It he was. was pressuring the puck. He was making a lot of the good choices. He made a lot of really good lines. Uh, Kind of breaking up that that Denver, the Denver outlet really wants to move the puck laterally, and so Keck did a good job of kind of cutting down yep. through the middle to force them to go up along the boards instead of across the ice. Yeah, and so to for him to get a goal, I just thought was that was phenomenal. So We're rewarding. Two to nothing at that point, and I'm I'm quietly getting excited, <laughs> quietly like, quietly inside getting excited. I'm thinking, is this gonna be it? I'm feeling good about this feeling uh, happy sadly denver gets one in the second so it's two to one at that point so at that mm-hmm. point you're kind of nervous because there's a lot of game left to be played you don't know what's going to happen and like i said to bridget when the third period rolled around for most of that period i said to bridge at one point i'm like i feel like you and is basically just killing off this period because because <laughs> We did not. We did not uh, get a lot of action in UNO's offensive zone. UNO was down in their defensive zone. The D-men were doing their best to try and keep Denver from getting that equalizer. And then, with I believe thirteen point eight seconds left, DU puts in the goal at the end of the third period. And oh, I like I said, I don't get real high or low whether they win or lose. You know, it's a kid's game. I'm just happy to be able to go and watch it. But I was like, oh man, I just felt so bad for the guys because I'm like, they had worked so hard all weekend long, and I thought we're finally going to get that monkey off our back and re- be rewarded with victory against Denver, and it didn't happen. And I honestly, I think you know, at that point, it's. It's awfully hard for your team to go into that five-on-five overtime period and get it done. But I'll tell you what, they held off Denver through that period, officially went in as a tie in the record books. Then it went to the three-on-three overtime period. And we didn't get to a shootout. Do you got the extra conference point in that three-on-three? Yeah, it was kind of a... Uh, I mean, it's hard to say in three on three, it's hard to say that it's a bad pinch because sometimes you just have to right. gamble a little bit. Gamble, yeah. then we got, we lost. It's like, tough. You have so much open ice. We put it on black, it came up red. I mean, it yeah. was just kind of one of those like De- Denver had that breakaway coming in, and I was just like, yep, that's over. It was tough. I know. They played so well. So I want to commend the guys because. That was, I think that was the most entertaining series we got to see this season. I'm so glad you guys that your trip out of town for youth hockey got canceled. 
I was joking with Jolene. I said, uh, I, yeah, I contacted uh, the coach of Lexi's <laughs> team, and I said, I've slipped him a 50. And I said, just leave him in town this weekend so we can record the podcast in person. But I'm glad you guys got to see that one, knowing how you grew up in Colorado. You've watched a lot of DU games in your life, and that was a fun one. So I'm glad you guys were here to see that because we enjoyed uh, hanging out with you guys and sitting by you guys because you guys had given away your uh, tickets. Yeah, we had so, to scramble to find. Uh, yeah, so Bridget, uh, tickets, so. Bridget transferred our uh, extra two tickets to you guys. So we really appreciate that. So that was good. So, you know, I guess at this point we talk about who our player of the game is. Do you want to go? Well, I've got our I think pl- player, player of the weekend, player one, of the weekend. I'm sorry, we right, we, we, we already we, say player we, of the we game. We have a, we I have mean. a, t- we we need to have a, we need to just. We need to be better about that. We call it something different every time. I do it. Ugh. Okay. My player of the weekend, and I think you could make an argument for a number of different players because I think that there were a lot of good performances this week. I got to go, and I've got to do it for that Saturday night game, getting outshot so severely by DU. I've got to go with Isaiah Seville. Why he was not one of the three stars of the game I don't understand, but he wasn't on Saturday night. But I've got to go with Seville this weekend because I thought it was, if not the best, it was one of the better series that we've seen him play this season. And uh, and he's really coming into his own. He's going to be really good as the season uh, wears along down the stretch. And I, he's the guy I'm going to give it to. And it's really for that Saturday night game. But he played well Friday, and I think he did. have two back to to have back to back performances the way he did. I yep. think you know he deserves absolutely as because the player for the weekend. because let's let's face it, UNO is the kind of team that throughout most of the season has given up what three four goals a game, right? And they didn't. And obviously the you know the guys playing in front of him, especially on Friday night, they they blocked a lot of shots. They did a good job in the defensive zone, really the whole weekend, but. He came up big with some key saves, and especially you look—he kind of he got dinged on Friday night. There, there was a, a lot of deb- there was a long stoppage when he got hurt. There. Right. Yeah. Some some people said it was his collarbone. Yeah. Some people said he got nailed in his groin area. Yeah. I don't really want to speculate on that. I don't. I don't need a picture painted. But he was he looked uncomfortable the rest of that game, and he yeah. played well, and then he played well the next night. So I've got to give it to Seville. Are uh, you going to go along with me and give it to Seville? Or are you just going to? Well, I think he's my number one pick. Yep. But I think that there's enough good that happened with this team that we do need to, you know, highlight some other play. Give a little um, love to another player. Yeah. So. I'm going to say Prokop. Not no Prokop. Just, yeah. Not just because he got his first goal and it was shorthanded, but he talked in the, the post game about kind of like what he saw and why he decided to challenge the defenseman, bring the puck around uh, instead of a lot of times what they'll do is they'll peel off in front of the goal and try to take away the round pass and to, to go behind them and say, I'm going to challenge from the backside. You know, I, I think I can get it. Uh, I think just there's a level of maturity there that he seems to be yep. kind of bringing up and his play has been kind of on the, on the upside, it's I been thought. on the upswing, especially last week at at North Dakota. Mm-hmm. He had 
he had some good looks yeah. at their net. And I, that's what I like to see this time of year, especially with a young team like UNO, are some of these guys we, we didn't hear a lot from in the first half of the season starting to kind of, kind of, you know, sort of rise to the top. And that's, that's one of the players that we're starting to notice more and more. And he's been making some really good contributions. Mm-hmm. And I would agree. He, he looked good this weekend. Yeah. And I've been impressed uh, with him the last two weekends. So absolutely. It's like, like I said, those freshmen, yeah. when we can get good production out of them, that's going to make, go a long way to make this team have this more success. The start of something for him. That'll be a lot better for UNO that's moving right. forward. So, so something we talked about last week was the decision by the university by Baxter, whoever makes the decisions on this to move the team store out of that little area on the main entry area. Yeah. The actual thing that they built to be the team store called right. the, uh, was it the Maverick locker room, the locker room, the little glassed in store that yeah. fishbowl, the fishbowl, uh, to move that, then basically clear that out and move, apparel cells and things like that to the concourse area and they yeah. got two little pop-up stand things they had they had one on each they had one entry. as you know they had one pop-up stand mm-hmm. kind of in the northwest side of the arena for the last couple few, seasons couple yeah. few seasons right well now they added one on the kind of the southwest staircase and i mean i walked by a couple times they don't have a ton of merchandise nope. i think they had maybe one jersey i know that jerseys probably aren't big sellers but when you're talking about a hockey team i always like to see a you know a number of jerseys for sale they didn't have a lot they had some of the knickknacks and some of the the shirts you know sweatshirts and, and hoodies but that that was it what did you think i i've made no secret that i'm not necessarily a fan of this concept i have been told that UNO did not generate a lot of revenue from the team store the past few seasons on an on an annual basis. I and honestly, the number I was given, and I, I don't necessarily me. want. I think the number I was given was something like that. They've they only generated like twenty five hundred dollars in profit from the merchandise sales that they sell during the season. That seems like low. Right. I feel like if you and I were in charge of it, we could come up with ways to to push more of that merchandise. Um, I think that there are a lot of reasons for that. I don't necessarily think that it's the location of the store. I know that they like the idea of turning the store into the party room because they can use it potentially for like birthday parties with the, you know, with the Holland Ice um, community rink next door. You know, it kids want to come skating. They could have, you know, birthday parties set up in there. On Friday night when I got there, I noticed a, a small group of people um, and one of the people who was talking to the this little group, I think there were like five or six people in there. And one of them was Heath Mello, who's my former state senator and a former mayoral candidate. So I don't know if that was some sort of a little kind of thing that he put together or if he just happened to be there visiting with the people. But there was so there was like one just a little tiny group. And then. Saturday night, I believe the Blue Line Club. I don't know if it was the Blue Line Club or if they I, just shared the information. Not. It I wasn't the it Blue Line there. Club. It wasn't. It was open okay. to anyone. I it was saw just it open on to anybody. Blue Line's page. And the way it looked, it was like it looked the way the post was phrased. It seemed like it was a Blue Line, Blue Line Club, Club event. event. But the Blue Line Club just shared it, right? Because okay. I went back and found it on Omaha's Twitter page. So. They they had some of those high top tables set yeah, up and there. Yeah, they had like some 
some just like popcorn basically and then a cash bar okay like popcorn pretzels type and then a cash bar and i saw a couple guys standing in there this was about 20 minutes before the game so i mean i I don't know i'm so my thoughts i think i have a lot of issues i don't care so much about the the kind of rebranding of the locker room to to say like we need a space for birthday parties or whatever you know gatherings or or whatnot that's like, understandable that's yeah and and it's not a bad place to put things like that so no. I get like I get that side of things the apparel sales the 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 team sales part of it is what I really don't like and key things so Friday night we got there with the Blue Line Club we can get in really early so no one else is right there. so yep. so that's not a big deal. Saturday night, we got there, you know, pretty much right as gates opened. Yeah. Just shortly after. So there weren't a ton of people at the rink already. Yeah. And even with that, coming up the stairs between the youth program sales yep. and the team sales that were right there. It was a it traffic was a jam. Pain. It was. It was It was packed. It was hard for me to get through to go to our seats over in 216. And this would have been, I got there later than you guys. So okay. I, I got there 20 minutes ahead of time and it was packed right there. I mean, you couldn't, you know, navigate right. your way by because they've got the merchandise there. They've got some other promotions like with Zio's going on, which I love that Zio's promotion. I win something almost every time. So that's one of my favorite ones there. And like you said, the kids selling the youth hockey, the, the, the youth hockey players selling the programs. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, and it's even a lot we walked around to get, um, Friday night, we walked around to get some food, and we were on that that north east side of things, the other side from where we come up. Where, like, Chick-fil-A is. And, yeah. And those, yeah. And they've got a lot of, like, they've got Chick-fil-A. They've got the burrito bowl, yep. burrito place thing there. Yeah. Uh, they've got a couple places to get alcohol service, and then... There's something else that they had there, and I can't remember what it was, plus the program sales. And it's the exact same thing. I'm like, this is just a nightmare from a traffic standpoint well, of trying to get people yeah. into the game. So it makes sense then, too. The other part of that is, is like, it's kind of sad that you need to get – if you want to buy something, you need to buy it at the beginning of the game because third period, they start – it's like alcohol sales. They start shutting it down. Yeah, because a lot of times when I look at merchandise, when I looked at it in that store, you know this, right. we would go down to the store after the game and it gave us time to browse and try things on because you know how it is. Sometimes sweatshirts, hoodies, things like that, they you know they may say large or extra large, but they all fit a little bit, they different. all fit a little bit differently. Right. So that's hard to do out in the middle of a concourse. I'm just I'm just gonna say. Well, and I mean, I'm like, I'm looking at t-shirts going, oh, that's kind of a nice t-shirt. And I'm yeah. looking at it going, oh, well, they don't have anything remotely close to my size. So. Right. Yeah, they've got to make sure they have... have so much stuff. We mentioned that last week. Yeah. There's only so much space that you can have in those little pop-up things. Yeah. So to carry, you know, eight sizes of a t-shirt, I mean, you can only carry one of each. Yeah. And, you know, I wear grown-up sizes, as do you, but there are some, you know, kids and stuff who wear the smaller sizes. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a stopgap until they figure out what they really need to be doing with this. And I understand that the budget was limited when they built Baxter Arena, so they tried to shoehorn everything they could into the footprint that they had. But that's one of those things that I think is a potential, like, like concessions, if you do it right, is a potential 
profit center for them. And I think they can make money on merchandise, but I think they need to have kind of a different plan. So those are, you know, like yeah. I'd say, that's my initial my, impressions. And I know my suggestion to them, if any of them are listening, let's assume that they're not because they're probably not, is I would I would open up a place on campus that's easy to get to. That yeah. has free parking or, or down at Exarbon village. Cause you or know, that, in for, village, for, exa- another, for example, want. like the U, you and alumni folks are that you get to pay. And you, so that's kind of a, yeah, but you do in have any to case, have rent. Yeah. Off, off Baxter property, a team store that's open realistic hours, you know, like say 10 to eight Monday through Saturday. So that when people are off work, they can go look cause go, people aren't going to go during right. the, I mean, they, I will because uh, I'm self-employed, but you're not going to be able to go during the right. day. And then at the games, I would move, I would probably put them together on the opposite side. So away from the entry points to the arena, put it over there and have it be very limited merchandise. And I would go back to doing, you know, like Lawler's save of the game type of thing. Yeah. You know, have a bunch of whatever it is that you're wanting to kind of pitch and move and just focus like be more focused because there's just so much going on with those types of things you're no one's going to figure anything out it's all going to be like uh, people are there trying to find out the I'll price just, i'll just i'll just, just like, make my plug i pat lawler's a friend of mine full yeah. disclosure but i think they should put lawler's back in charge of the merchandise because i think the merchandise situation was much better down at the century link center yeah. when lawler's was in charge of it i don't think you they need to try and figure it out or have the uno bookstore try and figure it out no. you need to have somebody who's used to working these kind of live events dealing with throngs of people like lawler's does at the creighton basketball games and and we know the kind of attendance that they get at those blue jay basketball games mm-hmm. So that's what we need. We need somebody who understands the the point of yeah. sale system and and pushing merchandise and and doing so the best. There you go. So I you would put Lawler's back in charge. Yeah, you give them the pop up. You say Lawler's, you're in charge of this. This is where we're going to put it. You staff it. You, you know, yeah. You do all that stuff. We'll we'll go back to doing the Lawler save of the game, and we'll have our team sales. You want a jersey? You're going to get it from us. You want, you know, you want no quote unquote authentic merchandise and things like that. Um, that's what the team store is for. And that's, yeah. you know, that's what I remember team stores in my day was like, you know, these are the warmups that the swim team wears. These are the, you know, the jerseys that the hockey team, if you want an authentic Jersey, not, yeah. you know, a knockoff. This I don't want to, I don't want knockoffs. I always wanted authentic. Yeah. Even if I had to pay more, that's what I wanted. And we used to do a good job of promoting that. Cause like I said, Pat was a friend and he would tell me when they were in, he would send me a picture and we would put that out yeah. there with an ad and, and everything well, else. And I'm, yeah. And I have no, I don't know him and I have no allegiance to Lawler's over any, anything else. I just know that they've been connected to the university in the past. Right. So hopefully that relationship still exists, but I think that that would be a huge move forward with that. I completely agree with you on that. So we have to say uh, happy anniversary to you guys. Yeah. Happy anniversary to Mavpuck.com. <laughs> January 20th, 2000 is when I registered Mavpuck.com, and that's when I started the website. So Do you depending wanna... on when you listen to this, it's either when you listen to this or I have yeah. already passed. Yeah. So 20 years of... 20 years of Mavpuck online. Yeah. Cocky. Getting in trouble for saying things that... We probably shouldn't say online. 
throwing so, out ideas. So yeah, so yes, go, go ahead. Go back and go back and reminisce a little bit. You know, over the over the last twenty years, what's what do you really remember about the progression of the website and the fan base? Well, back in that nineteen ninety nine two thousand time frame was in our business when I was starting to build websites. And so, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, when it comes to this podcast and other things we do, MapPuck is a good place to practice some of these things that we can then use in our business. And so, I decided to build a fan site called MavPuck.com back then because I thought, I thought it would be a chance to get to kind of practice those skills. So that was one facet. The other facet was there was a message board and there still is a message board on uscho.com. And I posted anytime I found something interesting on UNO Hockey, I would post on the USCHO fan forum. And one of the members one time felt it their duty to contact me via the email I had in my profile and tell me that I didn't need to post everything that I thought was interesting about UNO hockey. And I'm like, all right, fine. I'm going to start my own message board. And I really didn't have any idea how to set up a forum at that point. So there was a a web hosting and web design company called uh, Exanium in our building. And a friend of mine, North Thapa, who had built the website for Jerry Bruckheimer's movie Con Air, um, at one point in his career, uh, Nor was from Nepal, and he and I became friends uh, when we moved our business uh, into the uh, building that we were in at 68th and Grover in 1999. And he helped me set up the message board, and he gave me some other tips and pointers on MavPuck.com, and it kind of went from there. And honestly, the MavPuck website wasn't drastically different after that kind of 2000, 2001 time period until last year when you and I started the podcast, I thought I need to build a better website to host this podcast. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but over the years, we've done a lot of th- fun things. Uh, you, Bridget has talked with you and Jolene about the bus trips that we did. Yeah. We did several of those. I'm trying to think like eight or nine bus trips in the early aughts. So we did that. We've had all kinds of interesting discussions and debates. And it was great in the years before Facebook and Twitter, when those platforms kind of uh, came along and, and ended up fragmenting the, the kind of the social media world online, just people would talk about all kinds of things from politics to entertainment, to other hockey teams, to other sports. So a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff has gone on over the years, a lot of debates Bridget and I've gotten trouble for things posted on there that people didn't like, you know, it's, it's that kind of stuff, but we learned a lot of, you know, kind of best practices for social media that we use in our business today by learning what to say and what not to say online. So, so you mentioned, you kind of mentioned, you know, the, the longevity of the website early on, you know, staying the same until, until we decided the podcast and, and some of the things that you guys have learned, is there anything that looking back you would have, done a little differently or oh yeah you done sooner maybe yeah one of the i will tell you there was one feature that we had for a while and this was before facebook and twitter as i mentioned we actually had a a a chat software program that we paid for so that people Mm. could chat with each other during the game which was like live chat yep live chat with sound effects and little custom emojis for that deal It it was pretty fun and then Web browsers didn't really use Java anymore at one point. And like I said, Twitter came on the scene and everybody kind of 
gravitated toward that platform. So mm -hmm. we did that. Um, so you were asking what I would do. To, I, yeah, there what are, would you do differently? There are, there are a lot of things I'd do differently. I'd probably handle things more tactfully. Mm -hmm. If the technology had been able to do it better back then, I would have done like the message board is now where you had to be a member and be logged in to see who posted stuff because, you know, some of the, you know, people that you didn't necessarily want knowing who was posting something were able to figure it out kind of from their screen name. So yeah. there were people who would get in trouble and kind of called out for stuff that, you know, probably didn't need to get called out. So I would have handled that a little bit differently if I could with the technology. I probably would have been, Bridget and I were considered pretty strict moderators, but I probably would have been more strict in certain instances. So hmm. we, we had no fear of kind of banning and booting people much to the chagrin of others, you know. Yeah, people always have a problem. With You're that. kind of the dictators. I the other the other tough thing I think about having a message board is that you know a lot people have a lot of different opinions as you know, and sometimes right. when you're the kind of the public face of the website, kind of all of those opinions kind of get projected onto you, even if they're not right. how you feel about certain things. So there are a lot of things that people have thought that we've thought over the years that you know Bridget and I that wasn't our opinion, but you know you kind of kind of do that. So I would have handled things differently. I probably would have done a refresh of the website a few years ago. Um, you know, it's hard. It's one of those things you do in your spare time. So yeah. you just kind of, you know, do stuff when you can. So, and it's always easier looking back. Hindsight's always 2020. Right. You know, I might have I might have presented it as a more kind of serious and legit site. Maybe you and I would get invited to, you know, weekly news conferences so we could <laughs> ask questions and cover things. But you can't go back, so you just have to go forward. But but it's, it's been an interesting 20 years, and we've gotten to know a lot of neat people through mm -hmm. Matt Puck, like you and Jolene. So. Yeah, because yeah, we met on one of those um, bus tours, but one of the trips up to Mankato. Mankato, and... Yeah, sat with you guys, and that was our first. That's how we got to know you guys. So. Yeah, I we hadn't really met before, and then you guys started like following us around. Faster. <laughs> we, it was we like creeped every, closer and closer to you. Yeah, every Jolene would send Bridget messages. Hey, we're you know like two sections over from you know, and that was like we're one section over. It was like this season we're in the same <laughs> section as we're you guys. We're right behind you. I got to tell you, it's great being able to sit by so many friends like you guys and our friend Scott Powers and his family. Yeah, it's pretty. It's fun to have people around you that you like that you want to chat with and cheer on the team with. So, so See, yeah, there, there are a lot of things I, yeah. We mentioned looking back is, is the easier thing to yeah. do. Uh, I think to wrap up the segment, what can you tell us? Is there anything on the horizon or what you envision, <laughs> you know, Mav Puck to be like in 20 years? Well, I mean, I hope it's still around 20 years from 20 years from now, I will be 67. So <laughs> If I'm not retired from Mavpuck at that point, hopefully it'll still be around. I am um, obviously the podcast was one of the new things that that we've done, mm -hmm. and I I know you and I have talked about some different things just because we like technology and we want to try some different things. So so we'll see what happens. I think you know at that point we'll we'll probably throw up some stuff maybe you know behind a paywall to try to raise some funds so that we can buy the equipment and do some of the things that we, that we need to do. I do think it'd be cool if UNO ever had a, like a road schedule that worked out during a season. Cause there've been some seasons where we've gone to like five or six road games yeah. or road series, which would be about 10, 12 games. It would be cool if the road schedule ever worked out where you didn't have a bunch of like, you know, going to Alaska or going to Maine. If they were all kind of centrally located, it would be cool some season to be able to go 
to every road series and do a blog post and do some Facebook lives from those to kind of cover those for the fans. I don't know that that'll ever work out schedule wise, but it'd be really cool because most of the conference road games are pretty easy to get to weather permitting. And, and yeah. if the non-conference games worked out, it'd be fun to do that. So, so those are some of the things that I've been thinking about. It would be cool to do some more features on the team if, if we were ever able to get access to do some of those things. And I think, you know, maybe some more features on the various fans. Cause that's always, those are the people I want to talk about. So yeah, nothing, I think nothing, we'll, yeah, we'll continue to, you know, put stuff out and try to get the stuff that the fans want. And, you know, if there's something, I think if there's something that fans are, you know, particularly looking for, you know, Mav Puck's, it's a community, so it's a great opportunity to say, yeah. you know, we we love it. It was this. Sometimes we can't do it. You know, sometimes we're trying to do it, and, you know, there's powers sure. that be that yeah. won't let us do it. So Yeah, it's ultimately it's crowdsourced content. So whatever you whatever the folks out there can bring to it, mm-hmm. those are the things that we can do. And so I like to hear new ideas. Some of them we can't do, but a lot of times people have really good ideas. And I know you had, I had been talking about podcasts before we did the podcast, and that's when we were talking, you know, after that game a couple of seasons, the final home game a couple of seasons ago, I was like, hey, maybe we should do a podcast. Yeah. And so it's been it's been fun, despite our long distance recording woes that we run into every <laughs> once in a while. It's been a lot of fun. So hopefully I'd like to do merch at some point. So it'd be fun to do some merchandise. So maybe maybe we'll get around to do that. And I'll, but whatever ideas anybody has, I, we always love to hear them. So. You know, we're happy to do that. But but yeah, it's been a it's been an interesting 20 years for sure. I was I was 27 years old when I started Mavpuck and I'm 47 years old. And some days I'm like, this has been great to get to know fans, talk about the team. And then other times I'm like, man, I have wasted a lot of time on Mavpuck.com the last <laughs> 20 years. So you kind of go back and forth with that. So. But anyway, yes, thank you for talking about that. And Bridget is here in your home right now. And we tried to get her to come on and talk. Cause I think she would have, she would have had some interesting stuff, but maybe at some point we keep trying to get her to come on. Maybe she can come and talk about map puck at some point. Sometimes she'll hike down the stairs. I know we need Bridget and Jolene on here. They can, yeah, yeah they're good guests. Cause we've got two mics, but they can kind of, you know, sit close and yeah. Up next, we've got Colorado college, Colorado college. So we're, we're just taking gonna on, go back and back to the Colorado teams here. We're, we're taking on the state of Colorado here in <laughs> two straight weekends. The Tigers are are pretty on par with Omaha. I suspect this will be a pretty close series. This is one I don't. I'm I'm kind of scratching my head a little bit. I don't know. I just don't know. They are a team that they kind of have their ups and they kind of have their downs and you don't quite know which Colorado college team you're going to see. They lost a pair at Western Michigan and I just don't know what it's going to be for us going out there. They play on the Olympic size sheet, correct? Right now, until they build yeah. their new arena. Yes, and they're breaking ground on the new arena February 15th. Yep. Yeah. You're going to be out there, aren't you? Yep. So you're going to be out there for the outdoor game between the Colorado Avalanche and the Los Angeles Kings. Yep. So we're going to go to the outdoor game, and then uh, I would like to head over. Uh, my brother lives in the Springs right now. 
I'd like to head over and just see where it's going to be and kind of get a feel for that'd be really what it fun. might be like. Yeah. In a few years when they get it finished, financing also. Like, I know they have a lot of the financing done, but I know they're not, They at least what I've heard is they're not done okay. uh, financing the arena, but they, they need to get started. So Well, and sometimes when you start breaking ground on those things, that's yeah, when some of these people start coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Yeah. So when is your game? So your game is the fifteenth. The fifteenth. The the so, yeah. so you could potentially go to the groundbreaking. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about that. I but. mean, I don't want to make you do something you don't want to do, but if you know, if you happen to be around and you happen yeah, to maybe. head over to the grab some pictures, because I, I think we'd all like to like to see that and hear about what they have to say. But the yeah. renderings that they've shown of the arena look really cool. And that's going to be a nice facility for them, a much more intimate facility than playing at World Arena. Uh, we took a bus trip out there in 2012, and it's a it's a nice facility, but it's a, a bit older, and I think it's a bit too big for collegiate hockey. So, uh, so but anyway, back to the series it, at hand. You yeah. know, it's going to be a lot like what happened to UNO. Yeah. You know, we went from the CenturyLink, uh, built Arena quote unquote on campus and it's a great experience as a fan. So I know that the Colorado college fans are going to love it. It's going to be great for that program. And again, I don't know what's going to happen going into this series. I really look at it. And this is, this is my first instinct when Bridget and I were eating lunch today, she said, what do you think is going to happen? And I did a sweeping motion because I think we're going to sweep Colorado college this weekend. Oh, okay. It's a bold statement. I know we've only swept one team this season and that was Alabama Huntsville. And so that was they were they were not a big name team that we swept, but UNO has had positive results in in every series, and I think that this is a team. Quite honestly, I know it's a road series, but I think that this is a team that we can sweep, and we should sweep. And I would love it if UNO went out there and made a statement this weekend. Look, we've played two very difficult series the last two weekends. It's tough to go and beat North Dakota and Grand Forks, mm-hmm. and it's bit a monkey on our back playing Denver the last five years. So I'll be honest with you. I'm going with that. Just a bold. gut instinct on my part. It's bold. I, the problem is, is this is another one of those situations where if I look at the, if I look at the stat sheet, I'm on board with you. You know, we don't get a say very often, but UNO is a bigger team. Yep. UNO allows about the same, just a little bit less uh, goals per game. And we score more per game so far this season. So in theory, we we should be able to beat them both games. I look at the situation when both of their goaltenders, you know, have given up. You know, 3.41 and 3.52 goals, respectively, overall. And then in conference plays, the conference conference play, in conference play, their goaltenders have given up, Matt Vernon has given up 3.47 and Ryan Ruck has given up 5.77 goals. I look at that and I say, that's the kind of team UNO matches up well against because we're a team that's, you know, struggled really until these last two, two games. When it comes to giving up uh, goals to our opponent, I look at the situation. And I think I think we have an opportunity if we can uh, if we can establish ourselves in the offensive zone, put some pressure on them. I think that we can put up some it, points on them and have some success this weekend. Their power play isn't dynamic. It's it's 
safe to say it's a pretty basic setup for for a power play. So hopefully our penalty kill should be able to get the best of those situations. And their penalty kill really hasn't been great this season. No. So anytime we get a chance to go a man up or or more, you know, we should be able to capitalize on that. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, somewhere in the 33% range. And I think that's a recipe for success for us. Uh, anytime you're on the road, if you can fire on those on those cylinders, you've got a good chance of winning. And I'll tell you what, they have the, a, they have a tough time scoring goals too. Yeah. Other, other than Chris, yeah. other than Chris Wilkie, who's a local name that people are familiar with, mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of guys who can put up points. In fact, if you look at the teams in the conference overall, they've scored the fewest goals of anybody. They've scored right. fifty-seven goals this season. So, so again, like I look at the stat sheet and I'm thinking, we got this. We should sweep them, right? But then it's the but by the down. same token, right? Yeah, it's the letdown. Like we just had two hard-fought series against really good teams and especially the Denver stuff to how these are freshmen like the psyche of this how are they feeling I don't know how are they feeling going out to Colorado College I don't know are you thinking oh we've we just you, tied Denver twice we've got this this is yeah we, we went and up and we Colorado split College with North Dakota beat us that's what they have to be careful of right? because everybody gets up for North Dakota, regardless of how North Dakota is in a season, right. everybody gets up for them. And for us, Denver's one of those series where, you know, the past couple seasons in particular, we play really hard against them because we want to break through and we want to get the right. W against them. So plus, as we said, they're both really their top teams in college right. hockey right now. So it's not hard to get up and play your best for those teams, but how is it? playing a team that's currently sitting at the bottom of the NCHC standings right now. Like you said, a team on paper that we should go in and beat and we should sweep. Is this one of those where we do like I'm predicting we'll do and we go in and we take care of business, take it to them and and get it done. Or is it one of those where we're scratching our heads when we come out with a, you know, a split or a loss and a tie or some, some, or or, or yeah. Earlier in the season, we lost both games to Miami. Yeah, I mean, we should have beat Miami at least once. I mean, at least split that series. I and this is I'm another well one of those. That I'm like, oh dear God, I mean, now technically, that kind of technically we tied oh, Miami, but right. then we lost in the in three the sh- on three right. period. And so that that should have been a sweep at home for us against right. that Miami team. Although the Miami team, to give them credit, they played well against North Dakota in Oxford this weekend. Right. So they're, they're a game team, but that's a team we should have taken care of business right. in the first half at home. So I, I understand completely what you're saying. You're scratching your head. You're like, is there going to be a little bit of a, a letdown after two big emotional series? So how does that influence your prediction? What are you thinking? I'm just going to be bold and go for the sweep because we really need a sweep. We need a sweep. We need one. We need the points for sure. Uh, I'm going to say i'm gonna say that we split i okay. just i'm really worried about the letdown coming off of two hard-fought series and being freshmen and trying to figure out where their heads are i just i think they'll be close but i could see us maybe not you know maybe coming back with like four points yeah. But I think we split. I think that that's a definite possibility. I'm going for the sweep. Well, because I look. It's NCHC. We could come home with nothing. 
Let's be could, honest. Here. We could. We could. We could come home with nothing. They could sweep that series. Yeah. Because I've I've watched them this season because they're the Mountain Time Zone games. I've watched a lot of Colorado College and Denver this season. And that Colorado College, when they when they start rolling offensively, they're kind of like us. They're a streaky team. Mm-hmm. But when they're able to put up points and they're able to get into a groove, I'll tell you what, they can play some really good hockey, especially out there on that bigger ice sheet. So you never know what's going to happen. They're desperate. They're in last place. We're currently sitting in sixth place, just a few points out of fourth. We really need to get some points this weekend. We can't let this opportunity slip us by because this is the type of team that we need to make a statement against and show that we can win and show that we can sweep. And remember that depending on how the weekend goes, they they could, with a sweep of Omaha, Cairo College could be within striking distance. They could be in fifth place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's that fluid with the five the five through eight positions right now. Anything could happen. And St. Cloud State all of a sudden is looking like they're about ready to, you know, wake up from their from their slumber. They played well this last weekend against Duluth. Yeah, and who we'll see what they got because they've got Western Michigan next. St. Cloud does? Yeah. Okay. So they're gonna be fighting that's four five right there. Like Yeah. They're going to look at that series saying, if we can sweep Western Michigan, we will we'll be ahead of them. We'll be in fourth place. We'll have home ice. We'll be back where St. Cloud thinks they should be. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to find a way. We have to find a way. We can't leave the... We really can't. As much as I think we're going to split, like we really can't leave any points in Colorado. We need to come home with six. If we really want to make a run at home ice or you know any sort of reasonable expectation of making it to uh, Minneapolis for the frozen faceoff this is one of those series you look at saying you have to come home with six points you have to this is a statement series for UNO if you guys want to show because you they've looked there have been moments this mm-hmm. season where they look like they're about ready to turn a corner and I would like to see them fully turn that corner yeah and get a couple of wins. Six points would be huge. It would be absolutely huge. And it'd be a big confidence boost going into that Western Michigan series that we've got at Baxter Arena because in a couple of weeks. On, keep in mind, long-term focus here, right? Well, not even long-term. Yep. Depending on how Western Michigan St. Cloud do, conceivably, if we come home with a sweep and we've got those six points, we could be looking at a battle with Western Michigan to get that last home ice, be in that last home ice spot. Absolutely right. Because we get them next. Absolutely right. And remember, I'm the guy who picked us finishing fifth this year, which at one point in time, that seemed crazy. Now it's not seeming so crazy. Well, we've got some tough competition ahead of us. We've got to that St. Cloud team lurking there. And we both said at that on, in that episode, if you go back and listen to the episode, at the start of the season, we both said that, there's not going to be a whole lot of separation right. between these yep. teams at the bottom. Yep. You know, and so you're a young team. Most people expect you to turtle when the pressure comes on. Yep. This is your chance to say we have something to prove and we're proving it right now. Yep. And that means we're they gonna gotta, take care yep. of the business against teams that we should be, and we're gonna be competitive against the likes of North Dakota and Denver. It's all about the points race right now. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter what color and what mascot are on that jersey across the ice from you. It's all about accumulating points in the conference standings. And they can do something really yeah. special at the end if they keep themselves in it. So 
I'm calling for the sweep. Jason's calling for the split. I'll call the. I'll say a split. Yeah. You hadn't officially said yet. I did, but yeah. I I I could. We've been talking about this. This segment's gone on forever now. But you and I are. We're hoping it goes the way that we want. We don't want to be. Jason's going out of town for a youth hockey tournament, unless for some reason it gets canceled again. Again. So don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to be contacting. Is, is this is this Lexi's team or Maddie's? no? This is Maddie's now. So you're gonna oh man, I, coach to butter up. I think that yeah, I I gotta gotta make inroads with that coach and say, if it looks like there's just the least little bit of snow that's gonna <laughs> fall, you cancel that thing and you stay in Omaha so Jason and I can record in person. But I think we'll record in person next week because the weather looks good and yeah. even if we have to record it on Monday, I think we'll we'll, be we'll get that done. All right. Well, so with that, with that. Until our next home series against Western Michigan, we'll see you all in person. Enjoy this upcoming series against Colorado College. It should be fun. Hoping for six points, Mavericks. <laughs> Get it done. Follow Mav Puck on Twitter for all the game updates on the road. Follow Mav Puck on Facebook. Follow MavPuck.com. The website. Sign up and get your account. Join the community. Sign sign up and get your account. Join the community. Join us for another 20 years of this. (laughs) Another 20 years of MavPuck.com. And until next time, go Mavs. Go Mavs.